Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, good morning. As Kieran just said, my name is Kristen. And if we haven't met or you are one of Linda and Andy's guests, I am the family's pastor here at um, Northside at Crow's Nest. And so I'm so glad that you could be all with us this morning. We love baby dedications. I love how chaos how chaotic, that's probably more the right word, how chaotic they can be because that's just who children are and that's what the kingdom of God is meant to look like as well. A little bit chaotic, a little bit, you know, one moment we're worried about what's in our hair, the next moment you've got some grumpy girls down here that don't want to be a spiritual influence in another person's life. <laughs> no, they deep. we all know deep down they do, but Anyway, so anyway, I'm glad that you are with us this morning. Hey, something that you may not know about me, or if you don't know me, you're going to learn this about me, is that I absolutely love live theatre. I love it. I love um, being caught up in a story in which you're sitting there and a beautiful story is unfolding and you're caught up in it. I particularly really love musicals because um, I love to not sing for other people, but I love to sing in my life and I love to make everyday moments into a musical. And so I've always loved going to the theatre. And my very first experience of live theatre was when I was a really young girl and they used to do, I'm not sure if they still do it now, so if you do know, please let me know, but they used to do like this Christmas at the Opera House, like concerts. Does anyone remember that? Do they still do it? They do. Oh, probably should look into that. Um, but they used to do this Christmas concert and one time they did a remake of a classic story which was The Princess and the Pea. Now, if you don't know the story of the princess and the pea, it is about how this girl comes along and she is, wants to marry a prince and the prince's mum, the queen, is like, mm, I'm not sure if you're a princess or not. And so in her mind, she's like, I'm going to put her to the test and let's see if she's a princess. And so at night, when the princess goes to sleep, she gets her servant to put a little pea under her mattress to see if it disrupts her sleep. And the princess cannot sleep because of a tiny little pea. I'm just going to let you know that if someone offered me a very comfortable bed, it does not matter if it was made of peas or not, I would be asleep the whole night. So clearly I'm not a princess. Anyway, so she's disrupted through the night and the queen is like, oh, I'm still not sure, I'm not sure. So she puts another mattress on the next night with still one pea underneath and yet the princess can't sleep. And this continues to happen for a really long time. I think it ends up being like 20 mattresses. Don't quote me on that. You can tell me later if I'm wrong. But I think it's about 20 mattresses and yet still this princess is disturbed by just a tiny little pea. Now, I'm very aware that a pea is very small and I wanted to show you how small. So I brought one, and you may need to get your glasses out, but this is how small it is. It's a little pea, and yet, oh my goodness, it smells too. Um, it's a little pea, but yet it disrupted her sleep. And I don't know about you, but I reckon in our own lives is that we have felt that pea. It may not be an actual pea, but we have felt that pea. That we have felt like a niggling in our spirit. We felt an uncomfortableness. We felt maybe something just doesn't feel right, but we can't put our finger on it. Other people may say that it is like, one of my friends actually, she calls it that she can feel something in her waters. I'm not really sure what she means by that, but that's what she says. I can feel something in 
the waters. You feel an unsettling, an uncertainty. And particularly when we go with making decisions, that we can make a decision, but yet when we've made the decision, something still doesn't feel right. We get this niggle or also a pee. And when it comes to decisions, instead of actually worrying about the pee and trying to work out the pee, we decide to deny, we decide to dismiss, and we decide to um, diminish that feeling of that pee, that unsettling feeling. Particularly in our society in this day and age in which right now it's all about the now and the how fast can I get it. And it's like, make a decision that feels good for you. Make a decision for this moment that feels good for you. But deep down we know, oh, something just doesn't feel right in my soul. And so over the last four weeks, we've been doing a series called um, Good Questions. And we've been talking about how um, we make good decisions by asking good questions. It all comes back to that principle of we all want wisdom. It says in Proverbs 4, um, get wisdom. Wisdom is good. I just abbreviated that, so don't look those words up. But get wisdom. Wisdom is good. And so when we come to making decisions, we all want wisdom to make a good decision. But yet sometimes how we make good decisions is asking good questions. And so over the last four weeks, we've wanted to give you a framework to be able to make those good decisions. The first week we looked at um, the honesty question. Are you being honest with yourself really? Then the next week we looked at what story do you want your life to tell? And then last week we looked at what is not just the right thing to do, but what is the wise thing to do? And so this morning, we're going to look at the last question, which kind of ties them all up together, is the question of, is there an attention that needs my attention? Or is there a P that I need to pay attention to? And so the whole reason why we've been doing this series is not to make us feel guilty or filled with regret about some of the decisions that we've made before in our life, but rather is to bring wisdom into our lives so that we can make good decisions. And the great thing about God is that he can redeem any decision that we have made before and he can redeem it to make it good. So back to that niggle feeling, back to the P, I want to show you a situation in the Bible when a lot was at stake and someone felt that tension, someone felt that P in their soul. And so the story is the story of David and King Saul. Now, it's a really long story, and I'm not going to sit here and read it all for you. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a context to get you up to speed about to where we are in the story. And so if you don't know, David started out as a shepherd boy. So not as a shepherd. He was really young. He was a shepherd boy. And at that time, a prophet came to him and his family and said to them, um, David, you are going to be the next king of Israel. God has chosen you, David, to be the next king. Now, the only problem is, is that there was already a king in place and also uh, David was very young. And I don't know about you, but if someone came to my house at the moment and said to me, your son, Zach, will be the next prime minister of Australia, not only would I be like, oh no, I would also be like, he's only 10. Like, that's a long time for this current prime minister to be sitting before he gets into place. So he was really young, and so that was a problem, and there was already a king in place, and that king was Saul. But he wasn't a great king. 
Anyway, time goes by, and then we all know the David encounter with the Goliath. He has that legendary encounter with Goliath, and he becomes actually quite popular and quite well-known and a household name because he defeated this young boy, defeated Goliath. And so his popularity starts to increase. And so, of course, King Saul gets jealous and is like, mm, no, that's not going to happen. I'm definitely not going to have someone more popular than me, particularly the one who God has already said is going to be king. So he gets jealous and he wants to kill David. And David finds out about this, so David flees. And along the way, because he is so well known and because people around him think that he's um, a really great leader and a warrior, there's lots of other men that join him and they all become fugitives as well and they flee. Well, Saul, King Saul gets great intel about where David is in the um, terrain. And so he and his men, 3,000 of his men, go out to kill and get rid of any um, prospects of David being king. So they're on their way to kill Saul. And along the way, David knows that they're coming. So he and his men decide to hide in a cave. And their plan is that Saul's men will go this way. They'll hide in the cave. And then once they've gone this way, they'll go this way and then they'll be free. So that is where we're up to in the story. So David and his men are in this cave and Saul and his men are coming past. And so we're going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel 24 um, at verse 3. And it says this, He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there and Saul went to relieve himself. He felt the pee. David and his men were far back in the cave. The man said, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut a corner of Saul's robe. Afterwards, David was conscious stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master. The Lord's anointed or laid my hand on him for he is the anointed of the Lord. And so we see, oh, there is a little bit more, but I'm going to read it from my notes because it's good to end with this. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. So can you imagine being David in that cave, right? You know that this man is out to kill you. And yet there he comes in into the cave and you're right there and he's got no idea that he's there and he comes into your cave and you're like, okay, God, this must be what you've put into my hand. This must be your plan for me. You knew that I needed to get rid of him. You knew that I needed to stay alive. So this must be the way in which I'm to get rid of him. Can you imagine that feeling of like, oh my goodness, all of my Christmases have come at once. He's here. I don't even have to fight him. He's not even with his men. I could kill him. But what I love about this is that David has probably already made a decision He's made a decision that he's going to kill Saul. And so he's on his way from the cave, coming out sneakily. And I think he's like testing to see if Saul notices him by cutting off a little bit of his cloak. And so he cuts that off. And it basically says immediately after that, he's conscious stricken. Or another really great way that the NLT says is that his conscience began bothering him. There was a tension. There was a pee. There was that niggle feeling. And so not only then he, did he stop in his decision-making, 
but then he didn't allow the other men to also follow through. Because how easy would it have been to like clear his own conscience of just going, you know what, I'm not going to do it, but you guys, off you go, solve the problem for me. And yet his conscience would have been clear. But he doesn't. He also says to them, let's not do it. So David paid attention to the tension that he was feeling. He paid attention to the uneasiness and it created an opportunity for him to make another decision. And you know, just like David, we have all been in the cave. And I don't mean a literal cave. Maybe for some of you, you have been in a cave. But I don't mean a literal cave. The cave here kind of represents that threshold that we are on when we are about to make a decision or we've made a decision and we're going to follow through with it of whether or not it's actually right or wrong. Or it may feel right, but it's actually maybe not the right thing to do. The cave may look less dramatic than actually killing someone, but sometimes it is that dramatic for us. But it may be less dramatic. It may be like that feeling of like you're right there and you've decided you've nearly signed a contract saying that I'm going to purchase this thing. But then that niggle feeling comes and you're like, oh, maybe actually that's not the right thing for me and my family. Or maybe it is um, you're at the threshold where someone has like treated you really badly. They haven't been kind. They've been really mean. They haven't treated you with respect. And you're on that threshold where you've got the opportunity to treat them the way that they've treated you or to treat them differently. And you can justify it in your brain that maybe treating them the same way that they've treated you is exactly the same. But you're on that threshold of going, oh, there's still something that's not right. Or maybe you're on the threshold of making a decision to leave, making a decision to uh, change something in your life, but actually maybe the niggle is telling you to stay. And so I know for all of us that we've maybe experienced a moment like that, I know I've experienced a P moment in my own life in which it was a, um, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but it was pre-children, so it feels like a very long time ago. It was about 14 years ago and it was at the stage in which I was wanting to um, move into working into social work. And I was going for a lot of job interviews. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that, where you were just going in job interview after job interview and you are praying, Lord Jesus, please let something fall into my lap. And you're getting rejected. And maybe sometimes you're getting rejected because you don't have um, experience. And then other times you're getting rejected because you're overqualified for a job and you're like, how would this ever work out? And anyway, I was going after job interview after job interview and I finally got a job offer. And I was like, this must be it. I finally get to work in social work and do what I think that I am called to do and do what I've been training to do for a lot of years and be able to do it. And so I was about to accept the job offer. But there was this feeling in my soul that something just wasn't right. And the whole time I kept on denying it and diminishing, going, of course I feel uncomfortable. I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. Of course I feel uncomfortable. This is something that I haven't done before. Of course I feel uncomfortable. The travel is a lot longer than what I've ever done. So there was something that just wasn't right. And then as they sent me my final letter of offer, I just asked a few follow-up questions because I was like, something's not right here. I better ask some follow-up questions. And actually, the job that they had advertised and the job that they were offering me were actually two different jobs. 
One, the job that I thought that I was applying for was working with young people, um, doing casework with young people, but the job that they actually wanted me to do was to work with a small group of men, helping them overcome addiction in their life, which is not a problem. But as a young girl at the time, I didn't feel like that was actually the right thing. And so I listened, in that cave moment, I listened to that unsettling feeling and yet a better outcome came. And I'm sure we've all felt that niggle, that pee, that tension in us. And maybe the thing that um, you, when you go to sleep at night, it's not on your mind, but then three o'clock comes, and it is always three o'clock or maybe 2.55, but it literally is, it's scientifically proven that there is something that happens in our sleep at that time that'll be the thing that wakes you up and you can't get rid of. Or it's the thing that when you go throughout your day, you're feeling really peaceful and really calm, and then all of a sudden something brings you back to that decision that you're trying to make, and that dreaded feeling rushes through your body. I'm sure we've all felt that. Or it's just that constant niggle of like, you need to fix that, or you should do that, or something's not right about that, or question that. We've all had that. And for those of us that call ourselves Christian, I want to ask you, how many times have you called out to God and said, God, just give me wisdom? God, just answer the question, what should I should do? Should I do A or B? And we're actually like expecting a burning bush, like how he spoke to Moses. And can I tell you, he's only ever used that once. So if you're expecting it, you might be waiting for a really long time because he's only ever used a burning bush once to speak to us. And so we're asking, God, God, what can I do? Give me wisdom. But yet we feel this niggle. And we're like, oh, God, what is it? What is it? And yet we feel uncertain. We don't have peace. And so this morning for you, you may need to know that God is speaking to you about the thing that you've been asking because you feel unsettled. Because you feel a niggle. So I'm really glad that I presented to you that there is tension that you all feel. And if you come back next week, we'll tell you how to deal with the tension. No, I'm going to not leave it there. But um, so if we do feel the tension, if we do feel a niggle, what are we to do with that? Or if that is God speaking to us, what are we going to do with that? And the first thing to do is to not diminish, not to deny that you have that niggle. It's a horrible feeling, but it's kind of like how um, David felt, like his conscience was bothering him for a reason. So let's not deny it, let's not diminish it. And then the second thing is to pause, which is really hard, I know, in our society to pause, but to pause and stop and listen to your body. Listen to what is going on in your mind. Listen to what's going on. It may be someone else's voice that has told you, hey, have you thought about this with your decision? Listen. And then ask good questions. And the good questions are the ones that we've been talking about for the last three weeks. Am I being honest with myself really about this? What is the story that I want my life to tell? You know, if David had actually killed Saul in the cave, his life story would be that he is king because he killed Saul. And that's not his story because he made a decision to um, pay attention to the tension. And then the third question is, is this the wise thing to do? 
It might be the right thing to do, but is it actually the wise thing to do? So that's how simple it is about getting wisdom, guys. You're asking for wisdom. Listen to what God has already put in your soul. Listen to that tension. Listen to the P. As small as it may be, a niggle feeling may be this small and it may come and go, but stop and pause and listen and ask yourself good questions. And ask yourself, are you paying attention to the tension? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a God who cares about us. That you are a God who um, speaks to us in many ways. And so God, right now, I just pray that as we all maybe are thinking through either a tension in our life or a decision, or maybe a decision that we've already made that we would love to see wisdom in, God, I pray that you will speak to us. I pray that we will listen to the tension, that we will listen to the pee that is in our life, Father God. That we will pause and stop and ask ourselves, why is it causing this tension? And ask us, how are we, are we being honest with ourselves really? Do we want this to be the way that our story is written? And is it the wise thing to do? And so, God, as we um, move into our weeks, as we move into making daily decisions, moment-by-moment decisions, Lord, I pray that we will have this framework of making wise decisions, wise choices in our minds, God. But, Father God, for those of us that have made decisions that may not have been the wise thing, that may not have been the honest thing, that may not have been the way that we want our stories to be written. Father God, we just pray right now for your hand of comfort, for your hand of peace and your hand of forgiveness over ourselves, God. We lay that before you and we say, God, we pray that you will make a different story out of our lives. That through wisdom, that there can be grace and redemption. We lift that up to you right now. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.